0: Alrighty and welcome to the last place fantasy football podcast. I am Josh here and I am well as you can tell not in my, at my uh, office or anything like that not where I usually record so we'll just leave my location just undisclosed at the moment brought <laughs> probably the worst way to say i'm out of town but it'd be like that sometimes um but yeah so this is going to be our week seven news and injuries and we got quite a few now there is a lot of news and let's actually let's probably go into that first so the big one obviously is christian McCaffrey. christian McCaffrey was traded late thursday night to the san francisco 49ers for a 2023 second, third, and fourth round pick, and a 2024 fifth round. Now, the reason there's a lot of reasons why this is big. Obviously, um, the trade value is really high. It does a lot of people say it does equate to a late first when it comes to uh, overall value, but really, that is a lot in one class, and it, it really does signify an all in move for the 49ers. I think. When it comes to the big trade tradeoff, and underst- we have to understand a couple of narratives that have been made and kind of adjust it to this trade. So let's start off on the 49ers perspective. We all know the Shanahans love taking late to undrafted running backs and developing them and having really a really good system to where they can thrive off that to where they don't have to uh, pay up for a top running back. So that's where things get interesting because the the move for Christian McCaffrey is so countercultural to what they have done time and time and time again. So that leaves us to the other side: Why did they go so countercultural to this? Well, it's maybe let's let's think about this. For example, with Christian McCaffrey—what is he really good at? Obviously, he. Him running the ball is pretty spectacular, but it's his receiving work out of the backfield that makes him second to none. And considering that Jimmy G is the quarterback, I do have to believe that, at least for this year, what makes McCaffrey so good is that teams can already defend and pre- uh, prepare for Kittle, for Debo, and for Ayuk. And really the big thing here we have to notice is that Debo's production has gone down, um, besides a couple spike games here and there, that, that that really does factor into things. What Christian McCaffrey does is put stress on a defense to where they have to either have a smaller uh, linebacker or a nickel play them, which makes the run game um, extra special. And being able for him to be able to do both running and receiving, it keeps them in the same personnel. Now the the dynasty impact of this trade is where things get very interesting, because if anything, this actually would help trade Lance more than Jimmy G in my opinion. I'm not saying this just because I own Christian McCaffrey, it like on my dynasty team or in multiple leagues for that matter. I really do believe here that this is a perfect move for the Chiefs to help with, I'm not the Chiefs. They play the Chiefs, but it's 49ers. It's the perfect move for their QB development to have always a check down option available and ready to go and to even scheme anything out of the backfield. The receiving option, the receiving ability is why for someone like Kyle Shanahan, going counter-cultural is so insane. And that's something that that should be taken note of. So overall, I do think it is an all-in move by the 49ers, but I think you couldn't have done—you couldn't have gotten a better player out of this deal, and he still warrants such a uh, uh, such notice from defenses week in and week out, and especially the uh, familial connections. I, I really do believe that this is going to be a good trade. Now, as, f- as far as that goes, um, the other trade that was not so big but to take note of is Robin Anderson was traded to the Cardinals. And really, I mean, we can't, we, the only reason I will bring it up again is because they have consistently said that DJ Moore is, not, is a foundational piece and won't be traded. I think that can change within the coming weeks. Well, the coming week because the trade deadline is in a week and a half or so. So, I keep your eye out on that. I would stash DJ Moore just for this week in the hope that he gets traded. Now, if he doesn't, then obviously I think it's a clear drop at this point. But, but I personally don't think, even though there may be more volume, I don't know if that extra volume will outweigh the the all-around bad that is the Carolina offense. Now let's go into some of the major injuries. So unfortunately, I won't be able to go team by team like we usually do, but um, we definitely can at least go through some of the major ones. So uh, if, if if you got the notification like I did last night and we're punching air, um, you you definitely have DeAndre Swift on your team. That this is by far one of the most uh, I would have to say the one of the most frustrating. Uh, issues that we have been dealing with largely because, now nah, that's a little loud. Uh, largely because he he's had the, his he ha, he's had his bye week, and this is the fourth straight week that he's gone. Either this injury is su- as serious is more serious than we realize, or it, this is just to make sure he's healthy the rest of the way. I think the fear, and I understand with a lot of people because I'm dealing with this too, is the fact that he there is no bye week there is no like light at the end of the tunnel to go oh you know what he'll take this week he'll rest up you'll be fine it's go time from now on so this is where it's very frustrating but swift is a guy and literally this year you've been able to see he's a guy doesn't take a lot of touches to make an impact and to have a running back like that right now that's that's very important the other big injury i would say is jk dobbins now Unfortunately, Dobbins um, had to get arthroscopic surgery. That does put him out four to six weeks. And the Ravens have already put him on short-term IR, which means he is already out four weeks. I would certainly say he is a good buy low option. However, he is just not going to have the potential impact that we all thought he would just because of the injury time. In a dynasty setting, I do appreciate the Ravens for hunting basically on the season and making sure that his long-term ability is is better than the short term i mean the ravens literally have gone through a, a year and a half of no like top tier running back play and now like finally it's starting to get some resemblance Kenyon drake possessed the soul of jamal lewis last week and i really hope he does that this week against a poorest, uh browns defense but uh we shall see but as far as jk is concerned Redraft, if you want to go and stash him, that's that's a pretty decent play. I won't mind you. Again, the big one, and I said it last week on News and Injuries, is uh, Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards is activated for today. And so with that, he will get running back one consideration. Basically, how good you thought JK was going to be, imagine Gus Edwards being basically the same way. Uh, A lot of short yardage situations. Like He's going to be really good. So overall, as frustrating as the J.K. Dobbins is, I still hold on to him. He's such an explosive athlete. And even when he was playing, besides like a one or two bad, like not so good outings, but you can see the explosiveness is still there. Unfortunately, MetLife is the... if, If there wasn't the Washington Commander Stadium, MetLife would be the worst one. There, I said it. Okay, so the last one I really want to bring up is keenan allen keenan allen is a game time decision but he is someone um definitely trade low or buy low on because that is that's probably one of the last impact receivers that hasn't been playing yet so that's one of the big ones so the the faster that that you can get him, i would say the better but that one is a wait and see he's either going to be playing this week or next week and we'll see what happens Um, As far as the other news, actually, I just got this notification, which blew my mind, is that Isaiah Pacheco is the starter. Um, So bye-bye Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and his fantasy value. Um, That does does get very interesting now. It is going to still be a timeshare, obviously. I think they're going to keep it between Jarek McKinnon, Hilaire, and Pacheco. But Pacheco is explosive. Literally, he would have been drafted had he not played at Rutgers last year and that's really just all that with that's concerned but i'm really excited to see how he progresses he's a very good player um and from what we saw it looks like the chiefs believe that too so i'm i'm really excited for him i'm really uh, excited to see what what happens from there so i'm trying to think of any other important injuries obviously by clips i hope everyone is surviving it again bills eagles rams vikings literally the top four fantasy teams in the league so if you're dealing with it may the odds be in your favor of trying to go through the waivers um But yeah, uh, don't forget to like and subscribe uh, to the channel. Um, I will say very soon we will be having a playoff centric episode where we will be discussing who to pick up for the playoffs and some top strategies that we have found to be very helpful over the years. And that's something that uh, Ryan has brought up to do. And I'm very excited to see what happens there. Uh, So uh, with that in mind, uh, thank you all again for listening to this very impromptu episode of the Last Place Fantasy Football Podcast. You'll be hearing from Brian and Ethan uh, within the next day or so, going over to see what happens in week seven. And I know that they're going to uh, hold down um, uh, while I'm gone. But in the meantime, thank you all again, and we'll see you very soon.